Last night was fun, but you're secretly thinking that it wasn't enough. Sure, you shared some laughs and everyone was polite, but you're kind of over being service level. And lately you've been craving a little more depth. But the question is, how do you get it? Today, I'm going to share with you a five-step process for deepening your existing friendships. And then at the close of the episode, I'm going to give you five specific prompts that you can use with your friends right now, today, immediately after listening. Because while squad goals are nice, we essentially want to feel closeness with a select few. So I'm going to tell you how to do just that. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. So at the risk of sounding life coachy, the first step toward deepening your friendships is to get your mind right. Because I can give you action steps all day. If your mind isn't framed in the right way to have realistic expectations, then it doesn't matter what the action steps are, okay? So here's what I mean by get your mind right for step one. When we say we want closeness, the very first thing we think of is having a bunch of deep conversations with all of our friends. But there are two flawed ideas about that. The first is not everybody in your circle has the emotional capacity or desire for closer relationship right now, and that's okay. The second thing is getting close goes beyond having deep conversations. Although I understand that the first image that a lot of us conjure up when we think about being close is self-disclosure. We think about revealing a secret from something that happened to us in the eighth grade and us crying and them consoling us and us leaving like, wow, I feel bonded to you. While that certainly is one uh, singular image of what closeness can look like or feel like, it's not the only one. The second step of the process is to identify the people in your life whose friendship you'd like to prioritize. Here's why that's important, okay? Because if you're scrambling around trying to go deep with all your friends, you're going to be disappointed. And here is why. I've referred to this before, so I'll just glaze over it very briefly. But there is a uh, study that attempted to try to see how many ties we can actually have. And this is referred to as Dunbar's number. And essentially, without unpacking all of it, the idea is that we only have the cognitive and emotional capacity to maintain five strong, close friendships. And it makes sense, right? Like of all the people you know, you can really only go deep with a few because it requires your emotional investment. It requires your time. You're listening to them. It requires, you know, you having to dedicate brain cells to this person. You can't possibly do that with everyone. Now, extroverts are like, I beg to differ. I have 20 best friends. Okay. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, you're only close to like three of them. And that is normal. So step number two is to identify the people you want to do the following steps with because it's not possible to go there with everyone. Now, if somebody is like a level three in your life, yes, you can apply the following steps to take them to maybe a level four. But as far as trying to turn everybody into a super close, tight best friend, I don't want us to set ourselves up for disappointment because we have these high expectations that we can transform all of the connections in our lives to a BFF. 
Step number three is to tend to the triangle. And this is what I mean. There's a concept that's been made popular by friendship expert Shasta Nelson. And I can link to her TED Talk here so that you can see it for yourselves. But the idea is that there's a triangle of frontimacy, meaning there are three things. So I want you to picture a triangle with a word on each side. There are three things that each friendship needs to really have depth. Those three things are vulnerability, consistency, and positivity. So after step two, which I asked you to figure out the women whose friendship you want to prioritize, now I want you to identify which of these three things is weak because strengthening that will bring you more closeness. So for example, we said the first thing is consistency, meaning I see you, we spend time together. So the very first barrier that some of us have to closeness is we're literally not making any time to see them. Now I could do a whole other episode on why we sometimes don't reach out and women we tend to think about, I don't wanna impose, I don't wanna burden her, I don't wanna look clingy, I understand all that. But if fundamentally we're not even spending time together, then sure, there probably is a direct correlation between that and how close we feel to them, okay? The second item of that triangle is vulnerability, which means I can show up, I can share, I feel comfortable taking risk with you, I I can open up to you, okay? In just a moment, we're gonna talk about other things that vulnerability is besides spilling your guts, okay? But it certainly is a component of deep friendships. So think about it. If I see you consistently, but when I do, we have surface level conversation, something has to change if I want more closeness. And finally, at the bottom of that triangle is positivity. So imagine this, if we are seeing each other consistently and we open up when we do, but our exchange and interaction is negative, like we're always co-ruminating, which I have a blog about, you know, what that looks like, or we're complaining or we're emotionally dumping on each other. Well, then it's not even an enjoyable time we have together. And I can't really feel close with somebody I don't fundamentally enjoy. So figure out of those three to five women you prioritize and you said, I'm going to be intentional about going close with her, which of those three components could stand to have a little boost because that offers some direction right there of where to tend the friendship. The fourth step is to find ways to show up for her. Now, we don't talk about this near enough, but a lot of times when we're talking about a desire for closeness, we think about how we want to be seen. I want to feel comfortable enough to tell you secrets. I want you to see me, learn me. And we're pushing to be seen and to shine and to be central in the friendship, whether we admit it or not. But closeness doesn't always have to be rooted in you being seen. Why don't we flip it on its head a little bit and try to find ways to make her feel close to us? So what can we do to make her feel safe and comfortable, to make her feel inclined to share of herself? And so instead of seeing ourselves as the quote unquote main character, for my, for my TikTokers, you automatically thought of all those TikTok videos like showing us thinking we're the main character. How can you like pause that for a second and start to see yourself in the supporting role and see, okay, how can I show up for her? And I'm going to give you an example of that. Well, let me just give it to you now. But we have five prompts at the end of the episode for things that you can do. So for example, if she has um, a doctor's appointment coming up, let's say, and she told you how nervous she is about it, you know, you showing up with her. That doesn't even involve, you guys need to have a deep conversation about why she's scared about the doctor because she might not even want to go there or talk about it. But me saying like, okay, you, you know what? I'm going to come with you. I'm just going to sit with you while you go. I'll read a magazine outside. That's it. She's going to walk away feeling connected to me because I showed up for her. And that 
is an example of a tangible thing I can do for us to feel closer to each other, but had nothing to do with my self-disclosure and me feeling comfortable with her, but had everything to do with me finding ways to make her feel comfortable and seen with me. So every now and then I just need us to to flip the perspective and understand that closeness is not about us pushing our way into being seen, but rather creating space for her to be seen. How and then the final step would be pushing through conflict. So it's not all hair braiding at the at the sleepover. It's not all spilling our guts and self-disclosure. While that might bring us together, something that can threaten to tear us apart and to undo it a little bit is when conflict emerges. But how do you push through when things get awkward? When someone is misunderstood, do you give up? Because believe it or not, sometimes closeness lies on the other side of a difficult conversation. And if you you hear me say almost every episode, too many female friendships are ending prematurely because we don't want to have the talk. We'd rather ghost. We'd rather have friendship fade. We'd rather do all that than address the thing that's kind of weird, awkward, uncomfortable. But once you do have that conversation, you'll find yourself having more understanding, you know, oh, I didn't know you felt like that. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know that that offended you. Like, that's my bad. But I feel closer to you after that because you've expressed your boundaries to me. And I've said before, showing somebody your boundaries is simply showing them how to love you well. And I feel close to people who not only know my boundaries, but they honor them. I'm like, okay, you get me, you see me and vice versa. So believe it or not, managing conflict is a way of feeling close. But this bond that, that, that thrives in spite of awkward or tense times, okay? Now, one thing I want us to keep in mind, because that's the five-step process, one thing I want us to keep in mind as you kind of take, out an, uh, take an aerial view for a moment, you zoom out and look down below at our five-step process, allowing time to breathe. If you try to do all this on a fast track, it's going to have the opposite effect. So even though vulnerability and self-disclosure is an important part of getting close to somebody, if you try to fast track the process, it can actually have the opposite effect and make people suspicious of you if you're trying to push it before they're ready. So I'll give you an example. And I don't often like to give personal examples, you know, especially in coaching, like it's about you, it's not about me. But in this particular platform, let me just give you a specific example. I'll never forget a couple years ago, I started a new job. I was not there long because it was when you talk about a toxic environment. Oh my God. Anyway, it was my first day at a new job. And women, you know how it is, ladies. Okay, I was there and you feel, you sense a group of women um, who are kind of like trying to gauge you. You kind of sense they're like looking at you as you're like doing work and things like that. And it was an open floor concept in the office. So sometimes, you know, I could see them looking at me. And so lunchtime comes around and I saw about three of them huddled by the front door talking and then one pulled away from the group walked over to me and said hey Danielle do you want to go to lunch with us now even though I had brought my lunch I knew this was an invitation to you know bond and connect you know with the the community there at the job and I thought you know that's important and I said you know yeah sure so we all ended up going in the same car I was in the front seat and as we were driving one of the girls said a little intensely um so Danielle I mean tell us about yourself like we don't know anything like what's your Instagram what do you like to do like are you going to friend us on Instagram like tell us something about yourself and I remember immediately thinking okay we're not gonna we're not gonna do well (laughs) which is a quick assumption to make but I felt uncomfortable 
even though she probably just had a natural curiosity about me, like who's this person and and was eager to probably find common ground and to see if we could be cool or not. I understand and appreciate all that, especially now that I've been removed from the situation, but she was pushing too fast and it made me reluctant to share anything at all because I thought, well, gosh, why do you want this intel? Why are you trying to push? It's been four hours. Like I just got here at eight o'clock this morning, but her trying to push to get to know me and, and share your handle and tell us something about yourself. It felt like a lot. And so for some of us, even though we crave and and desire uh, connection and we're trying to manufacture it by asking all these questions and, hey, tell me something about your childhood. If you do this out of rhythm or um, in a way that doesn't correspond with the current depth of your relationship, it's going to feel out of sync unnatural and it could cause suspicion so those are just some things to keep in mind now let me give you five prompts that you can use right now to get that started if you're starting to feel intentional about getting connected you should consider being a friend forward member all you have to do to get involved is to go wherever you download apps and search Friend Forward. Once you download the app, you're immediately a part of the community. For $5 a week, you will be tuned in to virtual events that have been customized for you. So for example, we have yoga sessions, we've had mixology lessons, we've had cooking lessons, watercolor lessons. It's all been planned out for you. We also have a book club that you'll immediately be integrated in, and you'll also have weekly friendship coaching lessons, which immediately the value of that compared to a one hour private coaching session is just incredible. So if that's something that you're looking for as you work to upgrade your relationships with other women, consider becoming a member today. So here's prompt number one, say, show me your baby picture. Now, I know some of you are like, I am not about to randomly text this girl and ask for her to show me a baby picture. But the next time you're in natural, organic conversation, perhaps zoom in on a physical feature of her. So let's say her eyes and say, okay, so random, your eyes are so blue. Like I've never noticed before. Have they always been like that? No, I don't believe you. Show me a baby picture. Show me a baby picture. Okay. This just opens up a new world. I'm showing you pictures from me in my childhood. And even the act of her showing me might open up a a space to share stories and to go a little bit further. But what this does is a lot of times we are just friends kind of in the present. And whenever we reach back in the past, we're reaching back into past memories that we share together. But how often do we talk about things pre-friendship? How often am I revealing things to you that happened before I knew you? So this gives us a chance, a space, and a time to reveal a little more. Prompt number two. Hey, everybody keeps talking about this new book, and so I think I want to read it. You want to read it with me? Here's why this invitation works in creating depth. Whenever you read books together, specifically fiction books that take you into a new world with new characters, the storyline the plot, the development, the events, they act as these touchstones for us in our friendships. So let's say we're reading through something and chapter four gets really crazy and we're talking about, oh my God, like, oh, that was so moving to me. You're probably going to go into why it was moving to you. Or, oh my gosh, okay, I have to admit, I definitely cried on that part. I did, but you're revealing why it moved you to tears What about it prompted you into such an emotional response? Instead of you trying to feel pressure of how do I create these topics that give us depth, use what's happening in this book as your series of prompts during the duration of the reading. 
So if she's saying, oh my God, that part was hilarious. Like, why did it crack you up so much? And just prompting her, okay? Allows her to reveal to me more things that she finds funny, her humor, what tickles her. And I get to know her in that way and vice versa. If she tells me a part moved her to tears, why? Why do you think that like struck you so much? She's probably going to tell you about something that's happened in her life that made that portion of the book especially resonating with her. And so I like the idea of reading books together. That's why I'm such a fan of book clubs, because even if we don't know each other at all, you're a stranger in a book club with me. It's opening all the space to talk about what parts we disagree with, what we agree with, and why. Prompt number three is to suggest taking a new class together or doing a brand new activity together. Here's why. Remember, we spoke a little bit earlier about us associating vulnerability with self-disclosure, but it really means being open and putting yourself out there. That doesn't always have to take the form of revealing something personal, but putting yourself out there is something like suggesting a new restaurant or trying something new in front of this person, and maybe you don't get it right, and maybe you do, and having that shared experience together. But oftentimes with friends, we get in routine. We do the same things. We talk about the same things but simply switching it up. There are these tiny little risks of doing something new together. So simply seizing the opportunity to introduce something new in the mix can create a space to get a little bit closer. Prompt number four, send her a playlist that takes you back because something that makes us feel close to other people is a shared sense of nostalgia, meaning a yearning for the past. So you know how somebody brings up the name of a song that you used to love or um, a snack from the 90s that they don't make anymore or activities we used to do when we were 10 and it's like, ah, these kids today will never know. Even just thinking back to the past of just like these savory memories and having somebody else enjoy them with us in real time is enough to make us feel a little bit closer to each other. Capitalize on the power of nostalgia and find ways that you can integrate that into your friendship to experience a little bit more closeness. And the final prompt that you can use to begin experiencing more depth in your friendship is to ask this question. Can I come with you? Just that. Now, I know quite literally how this translates in COVID might look a little different for everyone. But I gave an example a little earlier and I want you to get creative on how you can apply this with your particular situation and your environment in the right context. But I gave an example earlier of going with a friend to the doctor's office. Okay. If we practice listening for intel, we'll find it easier to identify ways to show up. Remember we talked about closeness is not just about you feeling close to her, but making her feel close to you as well because it's kind of like reciprocal. So let's say she does have that doctor's appointment coming up and you say like, hey, can I come with you? And we're not going to talk in the lobby. It's not a whole thing. I'm just going to come and read my magazine by you while you go in and I'll wait for you out here. And then when you come back, we'll drive back together and that's it. But the fact that you shared that experience with her that she said makes her um, nervous or anxious. So how can you apply that concept of can I come with you or do you want me to help or um, I'll do it for you and nothing's in it for you, quote unquote, but you're showing up for her. It's not a big deal. It's not a whole thing. And you leave. It's not a whole conversation. It's not rooted in self-disclosure for you. It's you showing up, sitting with her. You don't have to say the right things. And then you leave. But with a little thoughtfulness, patience, and intention, it's totally possible. And I'm rooting for you. 